I think this was my mom's favorite words for me growing up. Keith, Keith, pay attention. How many of your mom said that? No, she didn't say Keith. She called you by your name and told you to pay attention. And your teachers. I, I still remember I took advanced English in high school, and I had this teacher. I thought she was mean. She was just smart. And I gave her a hard time. And after I came to radically know Christ and become a pastor, I went back to my high school one day. None of you seniors get to do this because y'all are so outstanding. But I went back to her, and I apologized to her for what a hard time that I'd given her. But I thank God for the gifts that she had given me to do well in school. And she just stood there with her mouth like this. And then she says, you know, son, you were. And you sat right here in my class, and you were trouble. I said, yes, ma'am, and I want to profusely apologize to you for giving you a hard time. And so the, the moral of that is there's hope for all of us, right? Pay attention. A lot of things help us to pay attention, but I think there's one, and I'm just I'm going to do a little survey. When we drive our automobiles, we have uh, gauges, and they're for a purpose, and we, sometimes we have voices and chimes that go off. And in those, it's to help you with your fuel level. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. And some of us drive down the road. I'm just curious, in this room, when you get to half a tank, then you go and get fuel. Raise your hands. Okay, you're all dismissed now. Y'all go ahead and go out of the ring. We don't even like y'all. And then, I'm just kidding. And then a quarter of a tank, how many of you start going for them? Raise your hands. Okay, now, then there's this one. And it says E, and the light comes on, and then you start looking for a tank. Raise your hand. Now, there's one more class. There's that group that knows between when the light comes on and how far the pump away is, how many miles you have to complete before you walk, and then you go get gas. Raise your hands. We'll see you on the interstate soon. Yeah, pay attention. That's kind of a funny way to illustrate this, but we pay attention. My wife... You know, half a tank, she wants fuel. Me, I was always like, hey, let, the, let it suck the trash out of the tank. And I found out that wasn't good for it. And I only walked twice. And one time, true story, you tell me I don't have the favor of God on my life sometimes. I was driving down the interstate one time, and I knew that I knew that I needed to stop to get fuel, but I was in a hurry to get somewhere. It ran out of gas. I'm coming down the interstate. I turn off on the Ann Street, and I had enough speed that I went all the way down Ann Street and made it into the gas pump. <laughs> then I told my wife, she says, only you would have that kind of favor, okay? But then one time I ran out, and it wasn't so good, so I'm better now. In the scripture, it's not going to be in your worship guide, but you can write it down. I'll give you a lot of alternative verses today, possibly. In 1 Timothy 4.16, the word just has a a section there, and it says these words. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. These things are important to the Lord that, um, that we would watch. We would pay special attention to some things that are dear to Christ. But the problem for many of us is there's many distractions that come our way. Oh, it could be in the form of relationships and people. It could be in the form of activities. It could be in the form of entertainment. It could certainly be in the form of social media today. There's all these distractions. It could be just the, the pursuit of other things, of materialism or, or to chase pleasure or to be on some kind of power trip. But you just, you just get distracted, and God wants us to pay attention. But the scripture, that verse I read, says, 
but watch your life and your doctrine closely. Pay attention to them. So seniors, you're here today, and I want to say, pay attention to your life. Are you living a life to the Lord of holiness? The other one would be, what's your doctrine? What's your belief system? Are you setting an example for other believers? Of course, your moms and dads and granddads and friends and other church members and uh, all these people that have uh, helped shape your life, hopefully they've watched their example. Now you're going to go out. You're going to be an example to the world. And yet we have an enemy, and he loves to sow seeds of doubt and discord and unbelief into our hearts. As you seniors go off to university and to different careers and the things you're going to do in your life, there's going to be a lot of people and systems that are going to try to come against your foundation of your Christian faith. And my prayer is that you'll have anchors, and you will anchor to the truth of God's Word, and you will tether your life to that, and you'll hold on closely. And when the schemes of this world come to shake your system in liberal persuasions, that you'll anchor to Christ. And the church said, I mean, that's what Jesus said. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But, but pay attention. And this is just for the young. This is for me. This is for you. I like what Walter Scott, the great Christian, said to his secretary. He was on his deathbed. He was dying. And he had this extensive library, thousands and thousands of books. And he told her, bring me the book. Bring me the book? You, you got thousands. He goes, no, bring me the book. Bring me the book for dying men. I want the book. And she brought the Holy Scriptures to him. But then he thought about it. He goes, no, I think it's greater than that. Bring me the book, the only book, for living man. I need the book for life. And let me tell you, right now, you're not dying. At least I don't think you are. So far, I've never had anybody die under my preaching. Thank God. I hope it doesn't start today. And you're living and you're breathing. And I pray that you're hiding God's word in your heart that you don't sin against him. I think there's going to be a cartoon that's going to come up here. Now look at this. I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Do you see any problem with this? Does this look like you at the beach, at the lake, in your bedroom, in your study, in your den, wherever? There are so many competing voices for our time, for our attention, for our hearts. And Christ says, I want you to pay attention, church. I want you to pay attention, believer, because I've got something to teach you. In Psalm, the 19th chapter, the 7th verse, it goes, The law of the Lord is perfect. It is flawless. It is unbelievable. The Scripture tells us there at the very top of your outline, look at it, Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. That's the greatest word I can give our senior graduating class this morning, but it's the greatest word I can give you. God's word is perfect, without flaw. And it is one that we take shield and refuge and comfort, and we found substance for life. We run to him, Proverbs 4, 1 and 2. Listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention, gain understanding. I give you sound learning so that you do not forsake my, uh, my teaching. All through the scripture, you see this, this theme. Listen, heed, 
hear, pay attention. And some of you this morning already go, man, I remember, I hear that all the time. My wife tells me that. Pay attention now. Pay, pay attention. How many of you ever go to the grocery store and get the wrong thing? How many of you ever go to any store and you get the wrong thing because you weren't listening? Sometimes I'm like, are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening. But, well, it's kind of like this. If, if I take you in a room with a fan and you hear the fan running, but you don't really listen to the fan, do you? I mean, you might, you might tune into it, but you, you just kind of hear it. A lot of times we, we just hear sounds. And we hear the voices of other people. I learned a long time ago that men have a selective gene. Selective hearing. And I found out that we can tune people out that are dear to us. And we don't mean to, we just do. And it usually happens around ESPN. Do I have a witness in the house? Don't leave me out here, men. Men, help me. Help, uh, uh, come on. Help the preacher. Do you men know what I'm saying? Hey, during football season, my wife will come in sometimes and say, you're in the same place you were when I left. And I thought that game was over. I said, no, but they got another one on that, and it's better. <laughs> and, and she's not a sports enthusiast, but she's a Keith enthusiast, and I thank God for that. And she likes people, but uh, sometimes she's like, are you you're going to do that again? You want to do that all weekend? I said, oh, baby, I will, except I'm going to stop and go preach this weekend, but I'm going to come back to it. I, I like it, you know, what I, and, I, and I can pay attention to it. And, yeah, you're laughing. Some of you like sports. Some of you hate it. So, hey, I'll, I'll move on from that analogy, okay? But you listen. Let's just look at some points here that might be helpful today. And uh, the first one, I want you to fill it out here. Or let's look at John 6.50. Look at this verse. I want you to see this. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread. I would circle that in your Bible. That came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I don't know about you, but I want the living bread. How about you, church? We had the living life of Christ this morning in communion as we partook of the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Holy Communion in the sacrament. And I'm just thinking about, so fill in the blank, we need God's Word every day. You're saying, well, preacher, I get it on Sundays. Well, that's not enough. And the other thing is, statistically, you don't come every Sunday anyway. I mean, you know, I mean, right now we're seeing statistics across America and people are getting less and less church than ever before. So if you were even just trying to get it on one day a week, you would be in trouble. But the truth is, you cannot get enough. Like, here we go. How many of you ate yesterday? Raise your hands. Raise them high. I want to see them. I want to see everybody's hand up. Okay, good. All right, now put them down. How many are not going to eat today? Raise your hand. You're like, well, I'm going to eat as soon as you get through this message. Like, you're kind of messing up my appetite right now. See, we're going to eat today. And how many of you are going to eat tomorrow? And how about on Tuesday? And how about on Thursday? You're like, eat. I'm going to eat three times. Some of you are like, three? I'm going to eat five. Some of you are like, I'm going to have a snack just as I'm fixing to put out my purse and we'll share. But we love to eat. We, we don't forget to eat physically. Although I met somebody the other day, they go, you know, I am just so busy, I forget to eat. Now look at this board. Does it look I've forgotten to eat anything? That wasn't funny. I don't forget to eat. But you know what? Do you forget to eat this word? Do you forget to spend time in God's word on a consistent daily basis? God, I want to feed on your word. I need it every day. I need a self-feed. You need the allotment for that day. I've got a long story I'll share another day, but I've just got to tell you, I was in my quiet time Thursday morning, and the Lord spoke the word, wait on me. And by 1.30 Thursday afternoon, God met me in the back parking lot in the most profound way that he has in the last few years. And I'm so glad I met with him that morning. 
And then I received it, and you're like, oh, what is it? Well, come back. I might tell you over the next few months. I don't know. I want to just keep you guessing. Look at, this, look at the second one here. It will sustain you. We need God's Word every day, but it sustains us for life because, you know, we, we need strength, and we need energy, and we need vitality. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the three through four, it, it's this whole section here. And listen, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God, I need your eternal words of life. I need the words of my master. I, I need him to speak to me. He, here he is, he's 40 days in the desert. There's great temptation. And you have the logos, the written word. And you have the rhema. And the rhema is the revealed word. You need the written word of God, church. I need the written word of God every day. But I need the rhema word. I need that revealed word. God, what are you revealing to me as your son, as your daughter, as a follower of Christ? Lord, speak to me. Mark 4, 1 through 3, if you want to write it down, it says, And as he taught a large crowd, Jesus called for their attention by saying, Listen to this. Mark 4, 23 and 24, Christ also announced, If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he cautioned them, saying, Take care what you listen to. It's not, it's not just important to hear, but it's then to discern that which you hear and to know that it's the shepherd's voice. And as you hear the shepherd's voice, respond i told you last weekend our student pastor got sheep to teach the 23rd psalm to our students i've been getting object lessons out here weekly from these sheep i was out there thursday and they had managed to tie themselves up around the pole and i thought i would help them and and and, and they doing all this and I'm, no no come on and like man where's blake when i need him you know and, and i'm doing this and finally get them all untangled and as soon as I got them untangled, I mean the exact instant. It's like untying a ski rope. You know what I'm saying? Untied a ski rope yesterday. And I untangled them, and I was so proud of myself, and I thought, man, these sheep are free. As soon as I did it, Randy starts wrapping himself around the pole. And Sam, they, they, they just do it. And they, they got wrapped up so tight. And I stood there, and I went, dumb sheep, dumb sheep. And here's what the Holy Spirit said. Dumb, Keith. Dumb, Keith. And you know what God showed me? You do the same thing. I free you, and if you're not careful and pay attention, you run right back and you get tangled up around the pole. That's good, isn't it? I didn't even read that in a book. I, thank you, Blake. I owe you something for that. that was a, I'm just sitting there watching these sheep going, man, I got to tell you, that they're, they're really they're fascinating animals. They're not the brightest in the animal kingdom, but they're bright. I mean, they're, but they're, they're fun to watch. Let me just get you to write down a quick note drifting is a deadly thing in the christian life when you drift you get in trouble a guy that influenced don and i early on in our christian faith was dan dehan he led steve borkowski to christ you probably don't know who he is he used to play quarterback for the Atlanta falcons and he had a quote one day that i've never forgotten don't join the ranks of the spiritual dropouts seniors don't join the ranks of the spiritual dropouts. Stay close to Christ. Stay in his word every day and anchor to his word. Follow him and life will go well with you. Matter of fact, I was reading a verse here. I want you to just turn over to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. I'm talking about drifting here. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. 
Pay attention. Pay attention to God's Word. That you don't get wrapped up in the things of this life. So we need it every day. It will sustain us. It nourishes us. God's Word is nourishment to my soul, to your soul. So much more than a meal. You eat a meal and it's going to run out pretty quick. You'll be ready for another meal. But God's Word just has a way of hanging around and and it's the bread of life and it feeds us. And then I read a little section that's maybe not familiar to you. It's the 19th chapter of Revelation. It's the 12th and 13th verse. And I want you to hear Revelation 19. His eyes are a blaze of fire on his head, many crowns. He has a name inscribed that's known only to himself. Let's stop there. Don't you wish you knew what that name was? I'm curious. He is dressed in a robe soaked with blood. Because of that blood, we came to the table. And he is addressed as the Word of God. That's who Jesus is. He's the Word of the Father. He's the Word of God. So we need it. And then the next one is he nourishes us, but God's Word is powerful. It has the power to set the captives free. It has the power to change your life, to transform you. It, you God spoke the Word, and the entire universe came into existence and creation. I'm going, what a creator. In Psalm 33, 6, the word says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth, he spoke, and life happened. I'm like, God, you're amazing. Your word is alive. It's powerful. The Bible says it's, it's sharper. It's active. It's living, it's acting, it penetrates between, dividing between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It joins, it, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God, your word is eternal. God, I got to pay attention. Because those, those hymn writers said, I'm prone to wander. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just prone to kind of wander off course and follow my flesh and do my own thing if I don't have Jesus as a compass, and so are you. So Christ says, follow me. I love that Isaiah said one day, he says, when my word goes forth, it never returns void. You always have to make a decision. If you want to write down a reference, it's Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 10 through 11. God, I'm going I'm to make a decision. But Lord, when I take your word, your word's going to judge me. Your word's going to make me, uh, it's going to call for a response. You know, that's what I'm praying today, that you're going to have some kind of response to Jesus in your heart through the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word. God's Word's the power of salvation for those who believe, first for the Gentile, and then for the Jew, or for the, for the, first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile. God's Word is powerful in overcoming temptation. All of us have different temptations, and when we apply God's Word to our life, we have the power of Christ to overcome temptation as He exerts His power in and through us. How many of you believe that today? How many believe that today? God's Word is power. There is power. Hannah's saying that with everything she had. There is power in the name of Jesus, in his word. And I'm praying, hey, let's run there. Uh, Jeremiah says, my word is like a hammer, and it will shatter you. And that's what I'm praying is going to happen for you and me. God's word is going to shape us, chisel us, mold us, conform us to the image of his son lord do that your word is powerful your word is needed speak a word this morning lord and then the one that got left off i don't know how this happened but write it in god's word it is life-changing 
That's what I love about God's Word. It's eternal, but it'll change your life. No, it'll, it'll change your friendships. It'll change your relationships. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your parenting. It'll change your grandparenting. It'll change your employees and your employer. It'll change every realm of life. God's Word is just that powerful. In Psalms 1, He says, And He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever He does shall prosper. Psalm 1-3. Lord, Your Word does not wither. God, your word nourishes. Your word sustains. God, your word brings change. I don't know about you. I'm in a constant need of change and work for my Jesus. And I've been walking with him, and I still need him to shape me. And when I get into his word every day, he begins to give me new thoughts, and he gives me, he gives me his thoughts versus the thoughts of this world and the thoughts of my flesh and my opinions and the opinions of man and the opinions of God. Lord, I want to be like a tree, a symbol of strength and uprightness. I want to be planted by the rivers of water. I want to be fixed on you. I want to be abiding in Christ and be refreshing. I want you to be refreshing to others and go forward. Lord, I want you to shape me. Some of you have animals at home. You have dogs and cats. And your dog is probably incredibly obedient to you. You're the master. Don't you feel cherished? I'm, I'm the master of my dog. It's the only thing you master in this universe, your dog. And your dog is so happy when you get up to let it out of the house, to go to the bathroom, or to feed it, or to pet its head, or do something. You're, and you're saying, I don't get up, man. That dog sleeps with me. Okay, well, that's, we got therapy for that this afternoon. Okay, but the, the, no, I'm just teasing. But the bottom line is, these dogs, they're, they're obedient. They, they have a master. And they, and they greet, they love to greet their master in the day. And I thought, you know, that's kind of like us living for Jesus. He's the master of our soul. And if we're not careful, you know what the first thing we, we do? You know, I'm fixing to go to meddling, and you're going to get mad and uh, uh, call Tim. Okay, here we go. I'm just teasing. Don't do that. This thing right here is the biggest blessing. I do research, and I text people, and I take pictures, and I do so many things with this. But this thing right here, I've gotten to where now, this, this is the favorite pose of everybody I see. I don't see their eyes. They're always looking at this thing. And if we're not careful, don't raise your hands. For some of you, this is the very first thing you do. As soon as you wake up, you don't go, good morning, Lord. You grab it and go, what they say about me last night? What's going on? Oh, she had tacos. Oh, 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 and all this crazy stuff. And I'm on Instagram, and I follow people, and I follow Louis, Louis Giglio. And he's got the most photographed dog in America. The crazy thing is I keep watching. And, uh, but this thing. And I thought, man, this is a great example, is that this needs to be the priority of my life, that I run to this before I run to anything else. And the church said, then you do it. No, you do it. We all ought to do it, church. Is that a good word for you this morning, church? So I went, no, you just, you just made me mad. I kind of liked you until you tell that story. I like what the psalmist says. My tears have been my food day and night, he says, but I pour out my soul to the Lord. So let me give you some things quickly. I want you to get a spiritual shower. And that spiritual shower is basically God's word as it washes over you, as it washes over me. Let's look at this quick block there in the green. How do we spend time with God? Choose a daily time. Just choose a time. I encourage you to do it first thing, but I don't want to be legalistic. I mean, I, 
morning's probably the best time, but you know, you're saying, well, pastor, I spend it at lunch, I spend it at 10 o'clock, I spend it at 3, I spend it at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, I don't know, just spend time with Jesus. In Mark 135, there's a very simple verse. He says, very early in the morning, when it was dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He spent time with Abba, and he was in the presence of his Father. And Jesus just gives an example of how important that is, that I just suggest maybe read a chapter a day, read a proverb a day, read a psalm and a proverb a day, read the gospel right now. Did y'all know in the next 90 days you could read the whole New Testament by reading one chapter a day? It's very easy to read through the New Testament. You just discipline your mind and go, I want to hear from God. I'm going to start reading a chapter a day. In the next 90 days, I'll read the entire New Testament and I will be wise. Well, maybe you'll be wiser than you are now, but apply it. And then you have some questions. What passage did I read? What title would I get? How would I summarize this? But then here's the big one. Listen, God, what would you say to me as I read Scripture? See, I'm not reading it just so I can know the historical data and facts as good as that is. I want to know how it applies, how it's the revealed Word of God for my walk with Christ. So, Lord, show us how to do that. Look at the second one. Choose a place. Find a place, I've told you before, but find a place where you can gather with Jesus and you can just take your Bible in there or your whatever, whatever you need and just get alone and say, Lord, I want to seek you. And then the third one is this, choose a plan. Get some kind of plan. Man, ask me, ask, ask Tim, ask our leadership team, ask a friend. Say, man, I, I don't know, you're talking about reading God's Word. Uh, we'll help you with devotionals. We'll tell you how to get into God's Word. We, we just want you to become people of the book and spend time with Him. And in Psalm 1, 2, and 3, my delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, listen, prospers. How many of you like to prosper this morning? That is not rhetorical. How many would like to prosper today? Get in God's word. God promises you get in my word. You apply my word. You let my word speak. You'll prosper. Lord, I want to emotionally, mentally be preoccupied with you. Hey, y'all think about this. You remember when you were so madly in love with that one that you're sitting next to? And you know how you were just so preoccupied with their breath, with their eyes, with their heartbeat, with their hair, with everything about them. It was like, oh, it's just marvelous. I mean, they didn't have barbecue dripping off their lips. You're going, oh, it is gorgeous. You've been married to him like, why are you such a slob? But you're preoccupied with that person. They're, they're the lover of your life, and you love them. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, I want to be preoccupied with you. Jesus, help us to be men and women, boys and girls, that just get enamored with the presence of Christ. James 1, 23 through 25. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is like a man who looks himself in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This morning, I looked in a mirror. Aren't you glad? You're like, and that's all you could do? Yes, and you should have seen it when I got up. And you look in a mirror and the Bible says and you do something about it. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law, into the word, that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing what it says he or she will be blessed in all they do and the church said i will be blessed if i do the word of god not hear it only not read it only practice it do it lord shape your church shape our lives give us the motives of christ this morning lord help me to find spiritual truth lord we'll get healthier every day every day listen 
Every day you'll get healthier. You know how? Get in God's Word. You're saying, well, there's a pill for that. Well, there's a pill for everything, isn't it? But if you will take God's Word seriously every day and get into it, you will get healthier spiritually. There's even studies that link consistent Christian practices. People are physically healthier. People that pray a lot, the studies I've seen that, men they're healthier. People that get prayed over, they're healthier. They, they draw faith. They draw God into it. I know this. God's Word is mighty. And I'm going to close with this, the 119th Psalm. Just turn there, 119th Psalm. And team, I'm going to invite you to come. Listen to Psalm 119. It's the longest psalm, and verse 2 says, Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. So God's desire is to bless us in verse 2. Verse 9, God wants to cleanse us by his word. Verse 24, God wants to give us counsel. You and I need the counsel of the Almighty. Verse 25, he wants to revive us. Verse 28, God wants to strengthen us through his word. Verse 42, he wants to give us a ready answer. I need an answer. How about you? Verse 49, he wants to give us hope and how we need hope. Verse 50, he wants to comfort us in all our afflictions and our suffering. And who doesn't have some of those? Verse 93, he wants to give us life. I love that. Verse 98, he wants to make us more wiser than our enemies. Hey, come on now. I like that. Verse 99, he gives us more understanding than all our teachers. Verse 105, he gives us a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. Verse 165, God, you will give us peace as we spend time in your word. Verse 165, God, you'll keep me from stumbling if I spend time with you. And the last one is verse 170. If I spend time with you, Jesus, in your word, you will deliver me from my enemies and sin. So this morning, it might be that you're going, I'm on a journey. I'm doing pretty good. That's, that's incredible. We celebrate you today. Maybe you've lost your way. I say, come back today. Come back to the riches of Christ, to his word, and let him shape you by his word. Lord, we want to spotlight and focus on you. Right now, Chris is going to do something I've asked him to do today. This song was popular several years ago, and we sang it around here all the time. And I love Chris to play, and I love his vocals, but, and they're awesome, but I love this song more. It's about Mercy Me. And I just feel like today God wants us to respond in our hearts, or maybe at the altar, I don't know. It's called Word of God Speak. He's just going to do the chorus. If you'll pull down the lights just a little bit, and just let God speak to you. Ask God, God, would you speak to me this morning? What are you saying to me?